Welcome to Shannon Down Radio. I'm your host, Loomis. ShannonDownRadio.com is the website. Today's episode is 158 Synchrodelics, part six of the Journey Home series, a series in which we look at solutions to the problems that we face. Right now, we are going to take a look at synchronicity in our lives and how to expand it and listen to a living universe, take psychedelics, and get into the earth-based Gaia mind. Down radios coming to you live from the Hawaiian Islands, coming from the perspective of complete freedom, coming from wisdom outside the system, and then some. This is the mouthpiece of the natural earth forgotten. At this point in time, humanity's been kept from the truth, so Channel Down Radio offers the coordinates to a path out. You're searching for something whole Cause what you see, real life You're watching this world unfold The truth beneath the lies Rekindling what's been stole The need to free one's mind Uncover the truth exposed So people see the light Let's shut it down so we can know It's simple, we just break it down a little bit So we can process all Make the switch to elevate yourself to conscious mode And it's benefit so we can get this kind of growth And get the future Generators wanna stop the whole thing But the message still is ready, we can start a post Taking in the simulating, getting lots of numbers Waking up the possibilities, try to stop hypnosis Welcome to Channel Down Radio, where we deprogram from the deep program and be a free nomad with a deep romance and a free homeland where the people advance. Let me see a show of hands to defeat the whole plan and make the evil one scram. You found yourself here, so maybe you're meant to be here and have a seat. This is episode 158. This is part six of the Journey Home series, and I titled this one Synchrodelics. Welcome to Channel Down Radio. And if you've never listened to the show before, ChannonDownRadio.com is a website, good place to start and listen to many shows. This show is timeless, all of them almost, so when you go to the archives, don't be afraid because everything I'm talking about now or even years ago are related to now. So welcome. Today I'm going to talk about the importance of synchronicity in your life and how to activate more. And this is part of the Journey Home series. This is one of my uh, more... uh, I would say, uh, solution-based series of shows that helps us uh, because I do talk about a lot of gloom and doom on this show and I don't want to, but that's what's happening in the world. So uh, I do like to give you as much solution as I can. And also we're going to talk about the inner trip. We're going to talk about psychedelics. And at the end of the show, I have some vaccine news. So we're going to kind of wrap it up into one package Although it does sound a little different at first, it'll all come together nicely. With all this madness we've been through in the last year, we all need to feel that the universe is alive again. And for some people, last year, they got a break from work and maybe had some time to reflect and learn a lot. And great, hats off to you if that's what you did. Others, like myself, had a full house and got less time than even usual. And now more than ever, no matter what, people need to take the journey. I think it's crucial to take some type of journey to remember who you are and tap into the living universe. I mean, they ban travel most places, or it's a two-week quarantine, so that lessens the international trips unless you're loaded. Uh, Otherwise, who wants to quarantine for two weeks anyway? Even if you did have the money, it would suck to just be stuck in a hotel. So uh, more then likely you're not going to be going out of your country right now. 
And unfortunately, that's one of the things that I like to do in this world. I like to travel internationally. And they took that away, so I'm pretty pissed off about that. Um, and I really do like to go on journeys and see the planet that we are born to see, that we have the right to see, but, you know. So then it's too cold to appreciate the American road trip right now for a lot of you in the States. And so maybe it's time to do the inner trip. A mushroom trip might suit you or something like that. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But I think it's more important to really experience synchronicity. And what we want to do is pay attention to synchronicities in our life. Give attention and these things start to come to life and unfold the world in front of your eyes. So what is synchronicity? You probably all know, but maybe as much as I can define it, it could be the fundamental connection of all living things within the universe. I think about it like that. But uh, Carl Jung first defined synchronicity in the 1920s as the simultaneous occurrence of two meaningful but not casually uh, or causally connected events. So that is another way to look at it. Synchronicity comes from the unconscious mind. It comes from the higher self. It comes from collective consciousness. And it projects that out into the world and you get things back that are personally related to your experience. It's the universe trying to tell us things. So it's also not just you. It's beyond that too. And although it's all related to your higher self, it's confirmation bias for many people, and it often implies that there, that there's a, a deeper intelligent at, at intelligent aspect of the universe at work communicating with you. Synchronicity is also thought to be a manifestation of psychic abilities where, for example, we intuit that a certain person will call us or a certain event will come our way, and it does, you know. Um, Everything is connected to everything, and it's important to realize that when looking at all this. And so, yes, it isn't, it isn't one thing, synchronicity, and we'll get into that more. But it ties us to other dimensions where dreams come true. It is that, that track underneath all of our existences that sort of guides us along if we look. And then lame people define synchronicity as useless coincidences and it's just all a coincidence and those are the lame people you know but we'll we can just shut them out of this it shows whole brain people real people that there is meaning in the universe and that's important and can you actually define synchronicity i mean you know those are just ways to define it but um it's more than that too but when you experience synchronicity you'll have experiences that seem far too significant to be boring, day-to-day, -day, regular, old life encounters. These, these are experiences that stick with you and things that you can feel are things that were communicated by an outside force. Synchronicity can manifest itself in an endless number of forms, so like I say, it's hard to hard to define it in one thing. You, it, it can come through names, numbers, words, symbols, events, and, and journeys, and a whole lot of things. Uh, 
here's a few here's a few examples of synchronicity that you have maybe experienced or that you know of or maybe never have or it depends on where, where you're at but um seeing repeated numbers such as 1111 or master numbers like 33 22 or um you know quite a few different numbers i'll get into that and thinking about something then having it happen or being in the right place at the right time or maybe you're dreaming dreaming about people animals places then seeing them repeatedly in real life or you're seeing repeated symbols uh, a lot of people talk about seeing the infinity sign the triangle the tree of life etc or or maybe just meeting the right person at the right time or seeing somebody's name everywhere and you know um get you know just traces of things that are so uh, significant that it couldn't be just a regular old boring day-to-day -day encounter so they're just those are just some examples you know and there's more of course synchronicity is a string of events that seem to be highly symbolic and meaningful in nature um, you can you can use some of these examples too like overhearing a couple of strangers talk about something that is of great significance to your own life I, I have that happen a lot or watching episodes of your favorite TV shows and all that all somehow have the same underlying storyline focus and I can relate with that too or getting the exact message you need uh, the most at the exact right time you know uh, say you're going through big life change and you get these messages just at that right time or meeting the exact right person at the exact right time or seeing the same symbols or images repeated everywhere uh, you know uh, whatever it on a billboard or on a commercial or you know on a tattoo or you know all kinds of things uh, glancing at the clock the exact same time of the day for many days on end and seeing all these numbers such as 1111 and you know many of the others uh, reoccurring signs that seem to lead you somewhere special uh, such as a, a, a great job or a relationship or a new place to live hearing the same song repeated many times in unusual circumstances and strange alignments of birth dates between friends and partners so those are those are some some examples of more examples of unique uh, synchronicity now in the last year you know even though lockdown I started noticing synchronicity in movies I mean everybody kind of had less to do watching more movies and stuff so I noticed synchronicity in movies that I was watching last year for example I'd see the same actors in completely random movies I was watching so it's really all around us even in confined times you just you just have to pay attention and realize that it's not just coincidence and and I mean I can give you a great example and I've said this before on the show but when I recorded my solo album and many of you may know I'm, I, I'm an ex-hip-hop artist and so I recorded my solo album while my ex and my kids were on vacation I had time to really you know uh, convert a room into a recording studio <clears throat> and uh, just go for it and so I did and every time I got done recording it was 11 after the hour whatever it was whether it was 11 11 8 11 uh, and from then on I've never been the same 
So you can say that that album must have been pretty important, at least to me, because it was um, it was the it was the defining thing that came out of it. In fact, some of my cover art or insert art of the CD, if you bought the CD, you'll know, you'll see 1111 in there, and that that just seems symbolic for me to put it in the album insert because it was so important to the recording process. So that is what I did, um, and that started a lot of synchronicity with numbers in my life. And that was the same year, I think it was 2008, it was, that I recorded my album, my solo album, and... Uh, I met an insider of the system that showed me a lot of the uncovered a lot of the secrets about chemtrails and stuff. Uh, I met two insiders by synchronicity, by the way. So you know this kind of stuff, and to this day, I still have seen so many elevens. In fact, I just saw one an hour before this recording. I see them so much that I sometimes, when I'm busy, I feel bad because. I'm getting used to them. I'm getting used to them. And I did a whole episode on this, actually, episode 11. And so um, that was uh, symbolic of, I thought, so I, I did an episode on that in my early radio days uh, in 2013. So anyway, um, I've done a lot on this already, but I think it's important to just kind of find it all in one place. I think that uh, um, uh, another, I think that another bad thing about everyone's stuck in their screens all the time, is they don't experience synchronicities as much because they're not in the present moment. Everybody stuck in their phones. And so it's important, I mean, you can still see synchronicity even doing that, but it's important to, I think, just be more living in the present moment and less of this, less of this, um, you know, um, in the screens and kind of just Try to slow your life down as you as much as you can. It may have already been slowed down because of COVID, anyway. But yeah. So um, I think that there are different types of synchronicity. You can't all put it in one basket. Um, I've I've labeled a few, and I think there are you know various types that you want to kind of distinguish between. Uh, message synchronicity is. The most common that I experience. It's giving you a, a nod or a wink from God or the Creator, the universe, whatever you want to call it, that you're on the right path. And that's always a nice thing to have in your life is message synchronicity. There's there's several types of message synchronicity too. There's pre-warning synchronicity, signs before something bad or disrupting might happen or life-changing. And if you are able to collect the signs, you might be more ready. And then there's what I call post-cataclysm synchronicity. Something big happens in your life to stir up the normal, and then you begin to experience new ripples in the matrix. So when I recorded that album, that made new ripples in life, and from then on, synchronicity really started to appear to me. Now, what what I think that um, I you would think, well, then that album would have been you know very successful. Actually, it was not successful. Very underground. And actually, my music career really kind of ended after that as a solo artist. And I did most of my, my hip-hop in the 90s anyway. Uh, but that was me wrapping up uh, 10 years of a solo kind of career uh, and just recorded it. So it was important to me, just, just really me. But, you know, people like the album, some of you. So if you do like to buy it, you certainly can. I only have it on CD right now. 
but maybe I'll put it on digital again. I just, um, I don't know when listens to CDs. But anyway, I'm getting off track. So post-cataclysm synchronicity. And then there's manifestation synchronicity where your, your subconscious influences reality and you externally manifest the thoughts you were having. In other words, you, you, uh, it's the law of attraction where, where you uh, put something out there and then you get it. You know, sometimes you see something you want, but it's too much money, but you put it out to the universe and later it comes in your life. And that's manifestation, synchronicity. So there are different types of synchronicity that you can categorize. And you may want to, you know, um, try to identify which ones are, are which. But the most important is bad synchronicity or artificial synchronicity. There is actually such things as bad synchronicity. They are, are staged to make you think it's a sign from the universe, but it's often a ploy by dark forces such as spirits, maybe even extraterrestrials, maybe, you know, I don't know, but uh, they, they play to our wishful thinking, these, these artificial synchronicities. And one person to listen to about all this is Tom Montauk. Tom is one of my favorite UFO researchers and really he goes beyond I think most people, he's pretty solid at every subject, not just UFOs. I mean, you can talk about it all, and I, I really enjoy his stuff. But, but what he says is, artificial synchronicity is engineered by hyperdimensional negative beings in, a, in an attempt to suppress, sabotage, drain, distract, or mislead targets on the verge of awakening. This can happen in a variety of ways. Artificial ones seem contrived, very forceful, and rushed, and just a, a bit too weird. They try to press you into making a particular decision or sparkle up something that you know deep down is false, whereas real synchronicities merely reflect confirmation of decisions you have already made or else forecast an upcoming leap in progress. So, um, it may be a little bit hard to define all this, but uh, I think it's good to have that in your tool set too, that there is negative synchronicity. You know, I have a friend who is married, and this is a story that um, I think works for this, sort of, not completely. I have a friend who's married, and he had a crush on this girl, but he didn't act on it because he's married, right? But he had a crush on this girl. They sort of had this connection thing going on, and they could both feel each other, and they were definitely in tune to something. And they didn't work in the same place, but their companies had partnerships, so they would sometimes see each other every now and then. And it was kind of a special little thing. But he kept seeing her everywhere, randomly, after this. Not at work, just randomly places, and felt that there was meaning to it. They would, they, they would intersect at so many random places and be like, oh, what are you doing here, you know? And so... It didn't stop with that. He started seeing her last name everywhere. I guess it happened to be the same company name as his, his car stereo. So he would see that every time he was driving. And it continued to haunt him. He, and he told me that he kept thinking back to all of the times they met randomly. And it's like time stopped for him when he saw uh, her. And, well, he didn't know if that was the same in her because they never talked about it. So... This 
began to haunt him. He'd see her name everywhere and all kinds of things. So finally, they were at work gathering. Uh, uh, it was like a, a gathering of like, um, you know, the both companies at, that were had kind of a work party, I guess is what it was. Uh, and they got drunk and they hooked up in like an, another room somewhere. So it was a bad, bad move on my friend because he didn't try to understand their connection. They just rushed, they hooked up, they skipped past the important info and acted on the crush both evidently had on each other. Well, that didn't work out so good for him because somehow his wife found out. And see, you can't hide these kind of things. They always, the truth always comes out. That's what also gives me hope in, in the bigger picture of the evil ones uh, and, the, and the, the bad things they're doing. The, the truth will eventually come out as well. But anyway, it was a disaster, you know, um, near divorce. So, and so the lesson is, if it's going to hurt someone, don't do it, right? So he followed the synchronicity. He followed it, all right? But, you know, she had a boyfriend too, so they never got to talk about their connection. Instead, uh, only hooked up physically and, well, and so they, you know, that's that. So he's lucky his wife kept him, my friend. But he'll never be able to talk, see her again and talk because he's tainted it. And they have that rough patch and their marriage now, so he won't be able to even bring it up, you know. So that was bad. But if they would have just had coffee together and maybe mentioned, maybe he could have mentioned his synchronicity with her and not went into the affair and maybe she would have been like, oh yeah, I, I know this too. So that's an example of taking the synchronicity and running with it. You know, maybe the signs were real, but his relationship with his wife was just fine. There was no reason to cheat. So no need to, need to destroy that just to investigate the signs. And, you know, either it was a test from the universe and he failed, or it was real synchronicity, but he ran with it wrong. And, and uh, I don't know. I think, and then also sometimes we can read too much into synchronicity and make something out of relatively nothing. And it's more like wishful thinking, you know. Um, so... Uh, that's an example of many different types of synchronicities. Now, what, here's, a, here's a little story, and uh, it's real short here. I'm just going to read it for you. Um, this is an event that took place during the summer of 1979 in Norway. It was in the local paper there. Robert Johansson, 15 years old, was fishing in fjord when he captured a beautiful cod of 10 pounds that he proudly carried to his grandmother and for lunch. It can be imagined the astonishment and the commotion to the woman when cleaning up the fish she found in the stomach a diamond ring that she had lost fishing in the same, was it a river or lake, the fjord, ten years before. And that jewel was a family mem memory that that women handed on themselves or handed to themselves generation by generation and in the end it returned home. So that talk about synchronicity. That's pretty amazing. Well, synchronicity is important. I mean, through synchronicity, I became the true speaker that I am today. You know, if, if you told me in the late 90s that I was going to podcast about the truth on, the, on planet Earth, I couldn't even fathom that. Of course, podcasts didn't even exist then. But still, I wouldn't even have fathomed that in 2000, 
2007 or whenever when podcasts started coming out, you know. But if I hadn't gone on a whim to go live with my friend and his girlfriend on the Big Island in 1999, I would not have had a roommate with an insider who broke down the truth of the world to me and kind of just put a flame under my ass and, you know, in which I've never been the same since. And I've told this story a few times, too many times on this show. So listen to episode number one for that. And I've, I've broken down many other stories of synchronicity on previous episodes, including in this mini-series of shows, The Journey Home. Uh, what is that one? Episode 54, I think it is. Nomadicism, that's another episode in this series. So synchronicity is, 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 a, um, is what has put a lot of people into the paths they're on. And so it's important. In fact, I'm looking at a clock right now. It's 3.33 in the afternoon. Just randomly noticed that. But let's let's um, try to improve on that. So how do we invite more synchronicity into our lives? And I think it involves, first of all, being alone. You need space from people and their influences, and you need to have the solo journey as much as possible, the nomadic solo journeyer. That's important to get in that specific space. I mean, you don't have to. Not to say that you can't experience it with someone, but it's easier to notice alone and that it's more specifically tailored to your um, personal synchronicity. So that's something you need enough alone time and I know we don't we don't all get that and it's very important but think about synchronicities more often and they'll start popping up more often I would say get off fluoride clean up your diet exercise that's really important and um, you want to you want to get yourself you know cleaned up inside to experience more synchronicities than what you're experiencing right now is you want to get your mind a little bit clearer. I think that's that's the beginning of of that as well. You know, um, so you want to get more synchronicity into your life, uh, and also practice alertness and pay attention to the present moment. You'll be surprised what pops up in your life when you pay more attention. There's a lot of things we just don't pay attention to. We're too busy, and notice patterns and symbols. Take note. Do it. Make a synchronicity journal, and you'll be really surprised what you find in your life out of just boring everyday life. Think less, too, and feel more. Be more intuitive. And do things. This is probably one of the most important things I listed down, is do things that you wouldn't normally do. Purposely go on paths that you don't normally go on. Defy determinism and go and ripple the waters. That's really important. Trust that synchronicity will appear in your life when it does. Trust your intuition. Follow the paths presented ahead of you. And when you learn to trust yourself, you also learn to trust life. It's important. Another one is prayer. Mentally or verbally, express your desire to receive synchronicity to whoever you pray to. I mean, the creator. I mean, the whatever, whatever force you align yourself with. Pray that you see more synchronicity. And a really great one that I've mentioned before on this show, and I can't recommend it enough, is manifestation collages. In other words, what you're doing is you're cutting out random images in magazines of things you want in your life and put it on you know, a piece of construction paper and just hang it up on your wall. It's a personal thing. Don't put it in your living room or for everybody to see. 
put it somewhere where you can look at it and watch these things happen in your life. It's almost scary how they all start to happen. Like you, you, you realize even the little more insignificant things start happening. You're like, wow, that's crazy. Um, another thing to really uh, put synchronicity into your life is pick a random book and pick a random page and try this with multiple books. So you want to get a few, you know, a few in a pile and see if you find a connection with all these random pages and random books. See if they all line up, you know? It's really interesting. It, 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 it's, uh, it'll, it'll blow your mind sometimes. I mean, it, it usually, it's like it's speaking to you right now or this world right now. It's really good. One easy way to interpret the synchronicity in your life is to find patterns in your behavior. You know, you want to, what issues or questions have been emerging a lot in your life at the moment? And what has been the biggest source of your anxiety that you've been dealing with or, or frustrations? Synchronicity often comes when we need answers and solutions. So find the patterns and relate them back to your synchronicity. So that's, that's a good one too. And Cultivate the power of zoning on things. For, for example, what I mean by that is if you look around at how many Tesla cars you see around, you'll start to notice them more. Or you can do this with anything. I'm just using that as an example. I mean, if you start notice looking for a certain type of tree and you start seeing it everywhere, you're like, oh, wow, just see how much that pops up in your life. Try, try to do it with something more important than, you know, something more specifically important to you but you, it's amazing if you focus in on like if you you know are focusing in on mango trees for example uh, and you start realizing hey th there's one in that yard too I just never noticed you know but something more more important to your life and it really it really does accelerate that synchronicity and hopefully by opening up synchronicity, you can define a better relationship with the creator of the universe. You can really realize that, yes, it's there, it's real, and it's speaking to you, but we're often just closed off and too busy, you know? And so that's something to think about. And ask the creator every day for what, for what you want. Ask, ask, and, well, I hate to say it sound cliche, but ask and you shall receive. So do that. You know, you'd be surprised at what you can get back. And ask to be the person you were born to be and do the things that you were born to do. And you will actually really start to be put on a path. And I think that's really important that we're all on a path right now that is aligned with who we are and what we're meant to be. And if you're not there yet, then you want to get there and start following that path. So important. But those are ways to start bringing synchronicity into your life. And there are many others, I'm sure. That's just what I could think of and come up with, but there is many more. Now, if you, um, another thing that, I know this is sort of related, it's interesting, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why I'm bringing it up in a minute, but if you listen to the circles of podcasters like myself, I'm sure you've probably run into the Mandela effect. And in fact, they made a movie about it. Um, if you, it's a, it's a, you know, like a, uh, feature length film. I think it's called Mandela effect. Uh, it was okay. You know, it wasn't not, it wasn't too bad. It was not great, but not, not bad, you know, and worth, worth kind of just, just for the entertainment value and kind of puts all this together. So if you don't know about the Mandela effect, 
it's all these things that people are starting to go, wait a minute, now, I thought it was this for all these years, and it's not? Or, you know, different spellings of things, uh, uh, things in movies, things in our popular culture seem to have changed, and you have a different memory. And is the Mandela effect a real thing, or are they false memories? And, and it's not just random occurrences. It really is something real, and there's something real to it. And I think it's a combination of real, and some things people throw things in there that I think are false memories that uh, have similarities to something else that we thought was something. And I think that's what some of it is, but I think some of it is genuinely real. Uh, a certain amount of synchronicity seemed to happen to people that started to investigate these things. And they started to go on the same path. And I think it's because people are putting attention toward things that they didn't normally notice. So is it real? And I would say possibly. I possibly think the Mandela effect is real. Uh, a lot of people blame CERN for that. The hydro Hydron Collider in Switzerland with its uh, three sixes and the uh, portal symbol. <laughs> so um, I, I think that, that it's possible. It, definitely they're messing around with, with stuff that's beyond anything I can really put into my head, you know. But uh, a decent movie you'd never guess that explores this is a kid's movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I think that's what's what it's called. It's an animated film. And it's about Spider-Man, and he, uh, it's it's the, it, oh, I forget his name. It's the the Black Spider-Man, Morales, I think is his name. I forget the first name. But if you haven't seen the movie, anyway, he um, he starts to notice strange things going on, and other Spider-Men start popping out into the universe. Because Spider-Man, there's Peter Parker, there's there's uh, various different versions of Spider-Man, and they all come into his universe because of this machine in the film that this villain's using that's just like CERN, that's, that's messing the, with the dimensions. So all these other Spider-Man type of co uh, characters are coming into his life. So anyway, it's just another one. Um, uh, so something to check out that's related to this. You know, I've never paid attention to, I never paid attention to uh, Men, Nelson Mandela dying in the 90s. I didn't, I didn't hear about that. So he didn't, I know. But uh, that's where a lot of this comes from. And I almost feel like that one is not as good of one of these as some of the others. I, I think some of the other anomalies are, are more mind-blowing and make you really go, what? But as a start, you know, I guess it started it, so that's why they called it Mandela Effect. But you can look into these things, and I, I'm not going to spend very long on this because I, I, I want to get into other subjects here, but um, one that really got me was I watched James Bond as a kid all the time, and one particular one that I liked was Moon Moonraker, which isn't that good now as an adult. It's okay. You know, it's still entertaining, but if you remember, if you've seen the movie, there's the character Jaws, the villain, and he's, you know, meets this girl in a pretty silly scene. You know, a lot of these Roger Moore James Bond movies were very campy. But he, he met this girl that has a small blonde girl with, with uh, 
blonde plaits or braids, you know, and she smiles at back at him and shows her braces because he has these giant silver fang teeth. And so um, that was their commonality. Well, it turns out she doesn't have them, and that blows my mind because, you know, that's what they had in common. That was why why they were uh, a couple. And, and it's like I know for a fact as a kid that that did happen. I remember, you know, but it's not there. You can look at it any version if you want. So it's not like they made a DVD version and, and edited that out or anything. That really uh, did – that really just disappeared from from existence or the Berenstain Bears and how they're not spelled the way they think they we think they are. And there's, there's endless amounts of them, symbols like the Ford symbol. And, you know, it's weird. And there, and, and there are definitely things that make us question like did our reality get changed? One of them that I think is kind of um, one of those false memories is the Jif peanut butter being mixed. Uh, the people used to think was Jiffy, but actually I think they're getting it confused with Skippy brand. And so that's why they thought that. So there are some things that I think are, are um, you know, false memories. But anyway, my main purpose in bringing it up, this whole Mandela effect, is that the universe is speaking to us. It showed a, a lot of people these anomalies. And enough people followed it up and came to similar conclusions. Maybe it's trying to tell us that someone flipped the dimension we're in and we need to know that, you know, and that's maybe it. And I think there are other things that we can find through synchronicity past like this one as well. So it's important. So we need to start realizing the divine in our lives, the miraculous. We need to take as many random journeys to promote more synchronicity, to have that living universe speaking back at us and start, you know, fulfilling our paths and lives. All right, so let's get into the next subject today, and that is psychedelics. And so maybe it's time for you to take the inner journey. And first, I think... I would say psychedelics are not for everybody. And so for some people, they work wonders like myself and my life. I wouldn't be who I am also if it was not for psychedelics, which also promote lots of synchronicity. So it all works in the same boat. And that's why I threw it in this episode, episode synchrodelics. But first, you want to make space in your life for it. You need space in your life for it. If your life's too crowded, I don't think you're going to get the benefits of the, the, a good trip, nor will you have maybe a good trip. You might have a bad one. I recommend taking a day off for the trip and a day off for the recovery. So if you have to work a lot, five-day week, regular old work, then a weekend. But more days off if you can. A couple of days off is nice, and for some of these types of psychedelics I'll list, you need to prepare ahead of time also. So maybe you need to do a whole week retreat somewhere if you can afford it. Because jumping into the real world, or should I say the fake world, but what we call the real world, is not nice on the mind after diving deep into psychedelics and going to realms that you never knew existed. And then coming back to this one, it can be quite a harsh slap back. In fact, you really want to, you know, take that extra day off afterwards. And so they always say set and setting. Well, setting, you want to be far away from disruptions. 
ideally out in nature. I know it's cold for many of you in the northern hemisphere right now, so I don't know what to say about that, but something safe. Say, you know, maybe you just need the right gear on. I'm not sure. But something safe away from potential police disrupting or, or from anything that could throw your trip into a bad one and ruin the course it wants to take you on. You don't want two paths um, happening at the same time. You just want to be there with the psychedelics. What to take? What, what psychedelic trip should you go on? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's personal to you. I'm a big fan of psychedelic mushrooms particularly Cubenzies. I'm not that big of a fan of the Cyanessins, and I think there might be a few others, but the Cubenzies is where I've had my ultimate trips, and I feel like it's one of the safer ones, but do not underestimate what mushrooms can do. You can flip your mind, but Cubenzies, and uh, dosages, this depends on, you know, your particular, your particular, uh, weight and tolerance and there's a whole lot of variables and it also depends on how potent the mushrooms are. I can tell you what I did that made a really strong trip that I don't recommend doing and that is I grinded it mushrooms into the coffee grinder because they always taste pretty bad you know and put it in orange juice. Well as soon as I drank that batch my ears started to ring and that trip started pretty quick and it was so strong. Unbelievable. So you know, but if you're looking for that really far out trip, maybe do that. Uh, some enjoy DMT. I've only done it twice, and I, it's pretty amazing. It's short. It's seven to ten minutes. Just depends, you know. And um, it's smokable. You smoke it, and uh, best to just lay back, close your eyes, and enjoy the trip. It's nice that it's over in a little bit because it doesn't take as much out of you as a, a six to eight hour mushroom trip but uh, uh, it just depends on what you're looking for I think it's great too it has its advantages it's very weird you know and it really puts you out into uh, a whole nother universe what's weird is you smell DMT in everything the next day it, it's all it's in all kinds of plants well it's in everything living so you just smell it around it's very trippy in its own way afterwards and it definitely changes the vivid look of the world and then there's LSD I mean I've had many LSD trips and to be honest I've had profound trips with it and I have to say I have a love in my heart for LSD and when people say the government pushed through the the hippie generation to they pushed it through the the hippies to you know uh, for experimentation it certainly didn't do what the government wanted it to do because it only made people's minds more open, helped them want to get back to nature, be more creative. So the fruits of it probably weren't what they wanted it to do. Uh, however, they were able to use it for mind control. So um, the same people, the same hippies that were taking it way back then are possibly some of the same people that are pushing some of this stuff now as they do play the long game but look, look, besides that though it's really good I mean the results are great understandings of true freedom and creativity matters more than work and after tripping once I quit my job the next day I told them I didn't feel like coming back I didn't like it I just like yeah I don't like it I'm not coming back sorry yeah it wasn't for me and so I did and it just it just showed me the honesty of things but 
Big words of caution with LSD. LSD is made in a lab. It's synthetic. I don't like to promote synthetics. You are trusting an unknown chemist. So if it's the real shit and you know its reputation from reputable people, then by all means it may be good, but scary to take something like that that you don't know has uh, been made in a lab. So that would be uh, probably another six to eight hour to ten hour trip. Just depends on what you take, you know. So ayahuasca, uh, I've never taken it actually. I think you want to be with a facilitator and you vomit after taking it uh, a, a lot of times and it's very intense. It's done great things for people that I know that have bad upbringings or PTSD. And this is a major trip. Yeah, it lasts six to eight hours of, of more intense than mushrooms and LSD, I believe, you know. And uh, if you're seeking life-changing, brain-rearranging experiences that put you in realities you never could have figured out and really want to get insight, try this one. Uh, but it's serious. You want to be with somebody who's a facilitator and possibly you want to take a trip to the Amazon or somewhere where it's from, you know, but people do it here in Hawaii too. I just don't feel the need to. And then there's peyote. Peyote buttons from the cactus in the deserts of the southwest. Another one to take with a facilitator, and I would seek out Native American facilitators for this one. It's been in the culture for thousands of years. It's very potent as well, and I, it's another one I think you vomit usually afterwards. And it can be an 8 to 12 hour trip, and it's very intense. I have not done peyote, but I know people that have, and you know, it's something that you don't take lightly. Well, none of this you do, but peyote is something that you should seek out a Native American facilitator, but yes, that would be a great trip to do as well, especially in those desert settings. And then there's the 5-MEO. I've never done this, but is a toad snot or venom that, I guess you it's the venom that a, a certain type of cane toad releases and they collect the the uh, substance and dry it up and then you smoke it. And I'm scared to try this one. This is the hardest of all of them as far as a trip goes. It's like instantly blasting off in a rocket. And you literally see yourself die. It almost lasts 15 minutes or so. And people definitely need a facilitator. But if you want the big mama of trips, I guess you do that. And it doesn't even have any history of indigenous people taking it. So I'm more in favor of promoting ayahuasca. But I think it, it is a form of DMT. And, well, uh, Mike Tyson did it. It did good for him, someone that came from that kind of background. So, yeah. Uh, so that's another one you can do. But those are just a list of some and there are there are people that take morning glory seeds, wood rose seeds, and other various plants like salvia. I've tried that. I don't recommend that. Uh, but there are many things you can take, but you need to know your dosages and be responsible as hell with these things. Research like a librarian on all of these side effects and be really cautious and know your dosages and don't be an idiot. You know, you want to have a good trip, 
You're doing it because you want to go somewhere good. You don't want to poison yourself. You don't want to eat the wrong things. You want to know exactly what you're doing. All of these things are important for people that need to get past itch issues that can catch you up on years of therapy. So right now in the world, not a bad time to trip for the reason of the world changing. In fact, the real systemites, the real 9 to 5 normies, need these experiences the most. There's a deficit of psychedelics in our society, and I would say that that is probably why we're going this direction too. I feel like maybe if you could load liquid LSD in the fire sprinklers in like a government me meeting or something, and then set, set off the, uh, the fire alarm or make a real fire, so it sprays out on everyone in these settings, gets, everyone gets dosed, we would have a consciousness change in these people. That would be incredible, but, you know, wishful thinking, right? But they need it the most. The people running the show need to be tripped out of their gourd. They need to go far out. They need to have a 5-MEO trip, in fact. Rather than a physical beatdown, although I'm also in favor of a lot of these people getting that, they need a psychedelic beatdown inside, which would be even more meaningful. So at the end of the day, what do we really need on Earth? A consciousness change. And so uh, in order to, to uh, promote that, we need people promoting it and a wide variety to help this consciousness change. I'm a fan of the microdose, maybe because I don't feel like I need to go out there anymore, way out there. I've been, I've been there and done that, and I feel like psychedelics have taught me pretty much everything I need to know to continue my journey. And I like my mind where it's at, at the moment, so I'm good, you know? Going too far out can have its consequences as well, knowing that after you take something big, you will never be the same again. And there's no reversal. I mean, you... you you can't, there's no DeLorean time machine for that. You, you, that's it, you know, you're done. And then there's the bad trip. I mean, you can not control the trip, you know, you just can't. The trip itself is the trip itself. It can dictate where you need to go, and sometimes you have a bad experience. I've, co I've completely freaked out on mushrooms twice in my life. And one time, I took off my clothes and ran naked in the forest, although that felt good in the end. Um, that could be you in the wrong setting, and again, important to be in the right setting in case that does happen, because you don't want to be running through New York City naked, uh, you're going to, you know, well, you're going to have a bad trip anyway, I'd say. And then, you know, though, you, you, you have to make my, you have to make room in your mind for that bad trip. With mushrooms, I found that some batches are bad, and... Uh, that can go with any substance. Uh, any substance can have a bad energy uh, or just, and then in some cases, you're meant to have a bad trip. That's just personally what was tailored to your needs is a bad trip. Other trips get you connected to divinity and, and heaven. And, you know, uh, just depends. And so you don't have control of that part. That happens to you. Whatever is meant to happen to you happens to you. You have to accept that it will bring it wherever it needs to go. But again, psychedelics are not for everyone. I mean, the sober path of synchronicity, I think is more important than this path, maybe. But psychedelics can help a lot of people. 
So let's put this all together today. So the purpose of today's talk is to bring us to planet Earth and back to center, back to centering our beings. And because right now the world has gone crazier than ever and stupider than ever, people are getting this vaccine and they are not thinking twice. People think they are being proactive and helping us get past this manufactured crisis by being filled with an experimental rush to market poison in their bodies. And of course, we have a controlled media that won't tell you anything about the side effects of it or the deaths. So I know of many who have gotten this vaccine now, both dosages and not close friends, but acquaintances, you know, and many, many don't have side effects yet. But I think this is more of a long-term kind of thing. But changing your DNA with an mRNA vaccine uh, without any caution is more stupid than taking a, too big of a dose of psychedelics. It seriously is. My point is, we don't know what the long-term effects of this will do to people. And maybe more importantly, how will it affect consciousness? Maybe these people won't be able to experience synchronicity. Maybe maybe they will be immune. Maybe they won't be able to branch out into the deep any longer. And um, maybe they won't be able to get on these levels these uh, anymore, or certain levels. You know, two things our society doesn't pay attention to and value is effects on consciousness. You know, like um, I've noticed that people don't think about with, with GMO foods. Like that's the missing thought that comes in when being, when when eating those foods is like, what is it doing to your consciousness? So, effects on consciousness, and the other thing is exposure to EMF frequencies. You know, so those are things that people are not paying attention to in our society as we fall off a cliff here. But so the vaccine is not a vaccine. Listen to this video on real doctors, Doctor Martin, and uh, Doctor Judy Mikovits and RFK, Robert Kennedy Jr., and uh, Rocco Galati, a Canadian lawyer, talking about what the vaccine is. And this is pretty trippy. Let's stipulate that this is not a vaccine. Right. I, I mean, we need to be really clear. We're using the term vaccine to sneak this thing under public health um, exemptions. This is not a vaccine. This is a mRNA packaged in a fat envelope that is delivered to a cell. It is a medical device designed to stimulate the human cell into becoming a pathogen creator. It is not a vaccine. Vaccines actually are a legally defined term, and they're a legally defined term under public health law. They're a legally defined term under CDC and FDA standards. And a vaccine specifically has to stimulate both an immunity within the person receiving it, but it also has to disrupt transmission. And that is not what this is. They have been abundantly clear in saying that the mRNA strand that is going into the cell is not to stop transmission. It is a treatment. But if it was discussed as a treatment, it would not get 
the sympathetic ear of public health authorities because then people would say, well, what other treatments are there? The use of the term vaccine is unconscionable for both the legal definition term of it, but also because it actually is the sucker punch to open and free discourse. Because by saying vaccine, you dump it into a thing where you could be anti or pro the therapy. But if you actually talked about it as a therapy, remember, and people forget this, Moderna was started as a chemotherapy company for cancer, not a vaccine manufacturer for SARS. This, you know, if we said we're going to give people prophylactic chemotherapy for the cancer they don't have, you'd be laughed out of a room because it's a stupid idea. That's exactly what this is. This is a mechanical device in the form of a very small packet of technology that is being inserted into the human system to activate the cell to become a pathogen manufacturing site. And I refuse to stipulate in any conversations that this is in fact a vaccine issue. The only reason why the term is being used is to abuse the 1905 Jacobson case that has been misrepresented since it was written. And if we were honest with this, we would actually call it what it is. It is a chemical pathogen device that is actually meant to unleash a chemical pathogen production action within a cell. It is a medical device, not a drug, because it meets the CDRH definition of a device. It is not a living system. It is not a biologic system. It is a physical technology. It happens to just come in the size of a molecular package. So we need to be really clear on making sure we don't fall for their game because their game is if we talk about it as a vaccine, then we're going to get into a vaccine conversation. But this is not by their own admission a vaccine. So and Judy, as a result, it must be clear to everyone listening that we will not fall for this failed definition just like we won't fall for their industrial chemical definition of health, because both of them are functionally flawed and are an explicit violation of the legal construct that is being exploited. So, Judy, as a scientist here, could you boil that down into English for a boy who, who grew up uh, blue-collar? I, 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 take, I take your explanation, David, and that's superb. But for those out there who may not be able to... To, uh, to, to follow that very intelligent analysis. Uh, and that's not meant as an insult, David. I, I, oh, no. I, 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 just, I, I, I get frustrated when I hear activists and lawyers and everybody else saying, we're going to fight the vaccine. If you stipulate it's a vaccine, you've already lost the battle. It's not a vaccine. So what should I be referring to uh, to it as? A chemical agent? or Correct. It's a, it's a synthetic pathogen. They've literally injected the synthet the very right. pathogenic part of the virus into okay. every cell of the body. When you say pathogen, that says to me it's gonna get me make me sick. Correct. So they, they it, it is made to make you sick, Rocco. Rocco, remember that eighty percent of the people allegedly exposed to allegedly SARS CoV two. So let's not get into that rabbit hole, but right. 80% of the people who are exposed to allegedly the virus have no symptoms at all. They're called asymptomatic carriers. 80% of the people who get this injected into them have a clinical adverse event. Correct. Right. 
you you are getting injected with a chemical substance to induce illness, Correct. not to induce a immunotransmissive response. In other words, nothing about this is going to stop you from transmitting anything. This is about getting you sick and having your own cells be the thing that get you sick. Correct. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to trigger an autoimmune response? It can, and it can Among many things. Among many things. It can actually directly cause um, multiple sclerosis, Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, Alzheimer's disease, because that's what the expression of that pathogenic envelope. It can cause accelerated cancer. That's what the expression of that piece of virus, that syncytin alone, has been known to do for decades. You injected the, the disease, literally. Yeah, so that is that was that was Dr. David Martin. He's a powerhouse of a doctor, one with real balls, and he's not stopping till he gets the truth out. And that was also Dr. Judy Mikovits. You may have seen her on the actually both of them on the movie uh, Indoctrination, the Pandemic Two. And also RFK, Robert Kennedy Jr., and Rocco Galati, who's a constitutional lawyer. So it, it's not even a vaccine. It's to change DNA and change the human as a whole. And it's a mechanical device inserted in the human, as he said, to become a pathogen manufacturing site. It can cause all kinds of diseases. And people are rushing to get this in them. And if you haven't listened to my Block the Jab, Give an Uppercut episode, I believe that's episode 154 in the archives, just a few back, I uh, played clips from the Dr. Carrie Madej, and she goes over what she thinks is in this vaccine as well. And I think all of that kind of lines up, and you can, you know, take what you want if you will but we are or people are not we but some people are getting this stuff in them and there's many direction this this that this could really go i mean um uh i i i'll get into my theories shortly but some of the reasons i made today's episode is now is the time to be human and connect with the universe and the creator more than ever as they are trying to change the human itself so it's now that we must experience more synchronicities and go into the psychedelic world, if you will, if you want. Uh, and, and so the more three-dimensional side of things is, yes, we need to be fighting this physically. So there's that too. And that can't be lost in the, you know, the more spiritual side. There's, there's both. We need both. And the truth needs to be exposed big time. You know, doctors like, like David Martin are doing, are doing that. But they can't do it all. They've been banned from every single platform, basically. That was on BitChute, and I will link that video. But, you know, there is a little bit of resistance, um, especially in Australia. My friends in Australia, just, you know, hats off to you. Australia, uh, during the tennis matches, booing uh, people to come out and talk about the vaccine. I mean, good, good. And there have been protests in all the major cities like Melbourne and Sydney and Brisbane and and uh, Perth and uh, 
uh, Adelaide. And so, uh, good, good. Keep it up, Aussies. I mean, where's my Aussies at? Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. You know, we don't want this, and we need to show the world that we don't want this, and possibly physically, because they're trying to get physical with us. How dare they try to let themselves in our bodies? Do we not own these vessels that we are in? It's our bodies, not theirs, but they're acting like they own our bodies. And that really needs to be taken back in this world, and that is the physical side of things that needs to be the fight against this. So, uh, Air New Zealand. And, you know, one thing about Australia and New Zealand, if you've never been over there, um, and those of you that are listening from there know that the elite like to, uh, they like to, they like to do experiments with the smaller Western populations because New Zealand's got about 4 million or so and Australia's got about 24 million, I think. So not that many people. And they like to put things out there that then later come into the bigger Western world like America, the UK and Canada so and, and Europe. And so they experiment with the small populations down there. And they've been doing that for a long time. Well, Air New Zealand, this is an article in the Sydney Morning Herald, Air New Zealand will ask passengers to use a digital health pass on flights to Australia in a trial run of a vaccine passport system for travelers to prove they have been immunized against COVID-19. The Kiwi Airlines said on Monday it will test the industry-developed travel pass app on Auckland to Sydney flights for three weeks in April, presenting a glimpse of what international travel will look like until the coronavirus is no longer a threat. Well, just stop there because they say until it's no longer a threat. But have they ever let up on this, even though it's got a 99% survival rate, they still keep on pushing this and they won't stop. They love this control. So you think, you know, that this, they like to give you things in increments. Eventually you can't travel without this, you know, and right now it, this, this, um, yeah, the, this travel pass app is not mandatory to, to fly on those flights they're just experimenting so someone can actually test instead and fly so they haven't yet made it fully mandatory but this is what they want to do you know they always put out what they want to do first and it goes on and says essentially it's essentially like having a digital health certificate that can be easily and securely shared with airlines by having a place to store all of your health credentials digitally in one place it will not only open speed up the check-in process but unlock the potential for contactless travel notice contactless everything's becoming that and that's just uh you know the uh precursor to all this digital uh everything's going to be digital money everything you know and the, the, the Travel Pass smartphone app will give passengers up-to-date information about what tests and vaccines they need to enter their destination. And notice, I noticed that, you know, I've said it on this show years ago, before, you know, I, I mean, I've been doing this, this show since 2013. Everybody had a smartphone pretty much, but they've been pushing it on everyone, everybody. And uh, I knew that they wanted everybody to have one. And they want everybody to have one because this is your traveling tracker and everything on it. And eventually that'll be in our bodies. 
And so airlines are such New World Order puppets. They always comply. They're always the ones that will, uh, you know, without question, put in draconian measures. And none of them ever fight. They all are on the same page or they're probably not allowed to fly. That's how they make it. I'm sure the FCC in America has something to do with that and other uh, uh, country bodies that uh, govern the airways. And so you cannot go in the air without these restrictions put on you because you are criminal. So getting back to this vaccine issue, though, uh, I don't know a lot of people that have, I know some people that have got it, okay, uh, but I don't have any personal friends that have got it, but um, I know of a dentist who got it, and he's 32 years old, you know, that's usually a pretty healthy age, and he is healthy, but he got a second dose, and about a week later, he's, his hand is shaking like Parkinson's disease, and he can't inject somebody with uh, the Novocaine, so, so, uh, he blamed it on coffee because people like this, they trust science so much, they trust medical industries so much that they would never think that, oh, it's the vaccine. But it's never happened to him before. He doesn't have anything in his family like this. And, well, you know, suddenly his nervous system is having problems. And I would say that's, that's what's happening. And then another thing is that women that have had the vaccine have found that their breast tissue is changing. In an article that I'll also link here, it's called, um, it's under antimini.com. Uh, it shows lymph node changes after COVID-19 vaccine. And so you have uh, the case studies involve women in their 40s and 50s who presented to the radiology department for breast imaging with two weeks of receiving a Pfizer, BioNTech, or Moderna COVID-19 vaccine. Breast ultrasound showed the women had at least one enlarged lymph node. In all cases, the authors recommended follow-up imaging at a later time. And it says um, that they have auxiliary adenopathy. I'm probably not saying that right. Can be a sign of breast cancer, but it can also result from a number of benign causes, including local infection, inflammation, or trauma in the breast thoracic wall or nearby arm. Vaccines are, are one reported benign cause of one-sided axillary adenopathy, and the symptom has been documented after, after vaccination for smallpox and quite a few others. And it appears more often in vaccines that it evoke very strong immune response. And it goes on to talk about how, um, in the case of this 59-year-old woman, with no personal history of breast cancer, came to the department after finding a palpable lump near the, her left armpit. Her mammogram was unremarkable, but targeted sonography showed her left axillary lymph node had uniform cortical thickening of 0.7 centimeters in an area corresponding to the patient's concern. When asked about her history, the patient said she had recently received the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine and noticed a lump nine days after receiving her vaccine dose. Um, 
oftentimes it, with these vaccines too, you'll you'll hear about um, especially children about ten days after the vaccine having side effects and you know deaths sometimes. And you know you you can get into that, but uh, this is not just in New York. Uh, this is also happening in Canada, and you know they they this is something that's changing the women's breast tissue. So it, yeah, not good at all. Not good at all. So there, there's that, you know, and, um, I'll link that article as well. So there's so many ways that this could go. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past any of these possibilities, even if they're kind of out there, just because we know what the elite think and what they want. So what if they're changing genders with this vaccine slowly to a more neutral human? You know, women are going to be less women and men are going to be less men, which they already are through through programming. But, but maybe that's the real reason behind this gender push in society, that they're getting people ready for this change in the human. And that's wild and speculative, but that's one thing, you know, that's possible. You know, we'll see, you know, that time will tell. What if the vaccinated become bioweapons themselves in a, in, a, in a time release fashion? What if they become people that actually do give out a real virus, you know? And that could happen too. And I hate to even put out put things like that out there, but we have to consider all things when, when they want this in our bodies so bad. Maybe these people are also being integrated into a digital 5G system with nanobots in them because we did not evolve humans did not evolve to to uh, to be part of this bombardment of technology in our uh, in our world we didn't evolve to accept 5G and all these these uh, these are this this electromagnetic frequency that's around us we didn't evolve we didn't evolve for that so um, it's possible they're doing that too. Or maybe it's just a good way to call off some of the population. We don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of speculating off the head here, off the cuff. But the fight needs to be stronger all over against this. I mean, it, it's, it's true. We need to not only deflect this vaccine in strong numbers, but it's really an information war because people getting the vaccination are, are not receiving the right information or otherwise they wouldn't, if they knew the real truth, they wouldn't go for it. Really, the media is what needs to be taken out because they are compliant in whatever the controllers tell them to put out and people accept them and trust it without question. And so, I mean, really, if people were to really battle one thing physically, okay, I people need to invade all the media headquarters and take them all hostage and have them come out and 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 uh for for covering up the truth i mean you know don't invade the capitol invade the cnn building by thousands all of them fox news msnbc google all of them shut them down and i'm not promoting violence really i'm not but people basically need to 
make a citizen's arrest against these people and their minions at these news agencies for crimes against humanity. They need to really like, you know, you know, if we want to win the information war, we need to stop the bad information from coming out. And it really is crimes against humanity. So there is justification for people actually physically going and stopping these people from broadcasting this garbage to us. Uh, really, it is. Uh, and you wouldn't have to have a lick of violence with it either. You could just honestly go in there with enough people and do that. But hey, I'm just sort of daydreaming. But let's just think, you know, really, if we want to take back our world, we need to first stop, give, stop the feeding of lies and bullshit and garbage and, and mind-bending, uh, mind-manipulating things that are coming out into people's minds to accept this. But let's get back to the bigger subject. So I sort of went off on, on a rant there, but just say we want to get Earth-based again and connect with the creator and the living universe, and that's the bigger picture. So it's so important right now. While the world goes through this changing of the human, if enough people start operating this way and letting synchronicity become the norm and start living with that, that that attention to synchronicity, the evil ones won't be able to get on our wavelength. They can't, and they never did. They're never able to get here, and they don't go there because they don't know how to go there because it's just not part of their, it's not part of their operating system. So if you want to go to the psychedelic route, you, what's important that comes from psychedelics is you learn to think for yourself, and that's one thing they that these things teach us is they they help you to learn to think for yourself. They actually um, make new neural pathways and and allow you to really know you. And so important. That's why party people generally don't take psychedelics too much because it's too it's too cerebral. It's too it's too inner too much inner work. And a lot of party people they just want to have fun and scream and yell and have dancing and stuff where psychedelics don't necessarily promote that they can but they promote much more deeper uh, intuitive stuff that a lot of people don't want to go there because they know that they have to do inner work I mean look at society and their lack of thinking for themselves they are stuck in default state and they don't know any better and that's why they go and get things like vaccines and believe the fear-mongering and don't have any protective wall against this kind of uh this the real virus right you know and psychedelics are not the silver bullet for truth i do want to say that but it arranges your mind to where you can find the truth and accept it easier otherwise we would have many more true seeker speakers uh coming out of these circles but it does allow your mind it softens it up so you can uh explore things with more of an open mind and you're not on default state um so and as terence mckenna once said it opens you up to the gaian mind the earth mind the one that we have forgotten about the connection to the creator the living universe that that it it has such a greater awareness of the uh situation we're in than the mind that we are stuck in and being fed to to stay in by watching TV and believing media and things like that. So the thing about all the truth information that I give you and others give you is 
is that you need to balance it out with consciousness. You, you see how some people get when they, when they ingest too much gloom and doom, and even if all of the bad info is true, it, it, it starts to um, take effect on people, and it can create uh, imbalance at the same time. And I've always, I've always said that on this show, that, that you don't want to become too fanatical about everything. Because once you become that, you kind of lose your, your playfulness and your, your uh, ability to balance all this information out. You don't want to take too much in. And it's hard right now because the world is going crazy. It's absolutely uh, just backwards to a point where it's so easy to see if you are not, if you are awake and in tune. And, and, and so <clears throat> the the importance is to balance out with getting back to the greater universe because we have to retreat to our inner selves and do inner work so we don't become the people we're trying to fight against too. We we have to have the balance of the warrior and you know the masculine the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine in all of us men and women to be able to uh, properly handle this information and handle what we speak about and think about so we can go out in the world with a balanced mind and this is the kind of practice that is important that's why this journey series I have the journey home on this mini series on Channel Down Radio is so important because it is the it is the the probably the most solution based series that I have because it helps people to uh you know, get back to that. And although I don't promote it enough on this show, I try to give you a variety of information. But yes, this is this is truly you need to take journeys inward, outward, and all all the time as much as possible to get out of default state, to get out of the regular life. Because regular life is not real life, as I've said many times on this show, and I'll continue to say it. We think it is, and we get tricked by it, but it really isn't, and there's so much more to it. And when we go to the store and see all the normies, the systemites, we want to conform to them because we don't want to be too different, but we really do want to not be them, and we don't want to let ourselves slip around them, and we want to be, you know, warriors, not warriors. So that's important. So this whole Journey Home series is good, and it does stretch all the way back. This is my first mini-series of shows. I think it stretches all the way back to episode four. And so, um, although the modern work I'm doing on it this, these days is probably better than the old stuff I did, uh, you can still listen and, and, and it has validity. And, and yeah, so open up synchronicity in your life. It's so important to, to go back, going back to that again, is that you will allow the more miraculous to come about in your life. And they've really tried to restrict that by socially distancing because we need human contact. And they've really tried to, to re restrict that by keeping everybody locked down and stuff. Well, if you are in a lockdown state still, then you really uh, need to try to do the inner journey if it's part of your journey and just really start activating synchronicity as much as you can and you will find yourself feeling better yes it's important yeah so um one thing i wanted to just throw in there is 
here we have the world on this uh, same page again. The media is talking about, uh, oh, cases are going down. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, because of the lowering of the cycles of the PCR test. And now here we are where they say it's starting to kind of go away. But we got to be careful for the variants, you know. But they, they still want to keep you in fear, but they have this thing going on. So how, how about that, too? So uh, is, is it not showing you how much of a scam this all was? It really is. So, But we, we are in a time period where anything and everything can happen. And we have to be prepared. And I feel like the, in the cards, in the future, there is some crazy shit. So we need to really get grounded because... Maybe it's the crazy shit that I talk about, and maybe it's not, but we'll see. But I'm, I'm going to span you to be a warrior and not a warrior and chant down the system because that's the only way we can get out of this. Much love, you guys. Chant this.